Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! moviegoers <laughs> welcome to two dudes movie reviews with sky and colin starting things off a little differently this week i just had a i just had something in my throat i wasn't expecting that i know <laughs> that's why i i had to keep you on your toes but also our listeners on our toes it's a good thing that you're keeping me on my toes considering we are sitting down yep Sitting here on the futon, as usual. You're not on the futon. I am solo on the futon. Yeah, you're on the futon. I'm in the... Say it. Chair. Nailed it. <laughs> it's like you you hesitated because you didn't want people to know that you sat in chairs. I don't, I mean, want, I don't want people to think I'm elitist. <laughs> yes, I was going to say chairs. director's chair. It's not a director's oh, chair at no, all. No, it's not. It's very much not. <laughs> Nor will it ever be. Although we should get director's chairs. That would be fucking sick. That would be sick. I don't feel like they're very comfortable. I had one when I was a kid. and It's like uh, an ass hammock. <laughs> like, <yeah>. That's it. <laughs> I had one as a kid, and um, I always played my video games in it. Uh, and, then okay. for, and then for one reason, whatever reason, uh, uh, <laughs> the arms were uh, wooden. Yeah. And I drove a nail into one of the wooden arms. What? And then when I went to go, I don't know why. I mean, I was a kid. And then I went to go take the nail out, and the nail snapped. So, Ooh. so till this day, I think it's in the attic. There, we have a director's chair, and there's a nail sticking out of it that is you can't it, get out. Is it sticking like up through the arm, or is it down it's through the up arm? Up through the arm. Why? Because just I couldn't, like, I couldn't get it all the way through, so it snapped off. So you can't even use it as an armrest anymore. Why were you putting it in there for the in the first place? Hey, some days you get bored and you just gotta nail like, something. But at least, <laughs> all right, I can I respect that. Larson. (laughs) That might not make it to the final cut. Who knows? That's more funny for us. Yeah. Only funny for us. (laughs) Definitely not funny for my wifey. So, whoops. Should apologize. It's too late to apologize. (laughs) Hasn't even gone out yet. It's definitely not too late. Can stop it from happening. Probably will. Yeah, you edit these episodes. I do. (laughs) I make myself sound real smart. I don't know. The voice got gradually more Southern. I apologize to any listeners we have in the South, which I only have one that I know of. I know someone in the West. Ah, I don't know if I have anybody on the West Coast, but you know what? We'll get there. Hey, if you're on the West Coast, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, because we are on all of those now. I think it's funny. Words making its way to the West Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Solely on the internet. By horse and buggy. Uh, if we release this on Wednesday, it'll get there by Wednesday of next month. Sent by Carrier Pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 
No, we're we're just getting out there. We're doing we're doing our uh, our bidding on the internet. We're using the social meds, and um, yeah, we want to we want to connect with people. We want to talk to people. We want to find out what you guys think, good or bad. Who gives a shit? Like honestly, we don't care if it's good or bad. We just want to talk to you guys. We just want to know that you're out there. And yeah, I think I said it before. If you if you want to get in touch with us, what better way? Talk to me on Instagram. Talk to Colin on Twitter. Or talk to neither of us on Facebook. <laughs> so I don't check that. We've been getting a good good response though, actually. Um Yeah. Been getting a lot of people uh texting me, like friends of ours, uh friends of mine texting me saying they're listening and they're having a good time. So that's why we want to share it with more people. I've checked the the like downloads page and stuff like that, and it looks like people are listening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It actually looks like it's going well. And then also on I think both Spotify and iTunes our name shows up quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, than, than what, before you had to spell the whole thing out. Yeah. Now you, now you can type in two dudes mo. <laughs> I love two dudes mo. <laughs> Did you notice that when you type in two dudes movie reviews and search on iTunes, there's I think a, I know what you're going to say. There's a podcast that shows up called Scooby Dudes. Okay, I did not know what you were going to say. That's amazing. And Everyone go listen to that podcast. Yeah, well, what are you doing right now? Stop it. Listen to Scooby Dudes. Scooby Dudes. It's, it, I read the description because I was like, what is this? And it was. It says two lifelong friends talk about like their favorite gang of ghost hunters or whatever. And the logo for the podcast is actually a caricature of the two of them. And one of them is Scooby-Doo and the other one's Shaggy. See, that's amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I respect that. I took a screen cap of it and sent it to my brothers. And then my <laughs> one brother messaged me back and said, how'd you find my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we got to get them on here. Yeah. The, the Scooby, Scooby Dudes. Scooby Dudes. Scooby Dudes movie, movie reviews. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop. We got to quit oh, while we're behind. <laughs> but yeah, man, I was going to, I was just going to ask you how you're doing but we did see each other recently actually the last time we saw each other we saw the movie that we're talking about today right yeah this week was pretty uneventful for me me too I, honestly this oh, whole actually no for once i do have uh news yeah i you, things have been going well your way yeah well ish um i got to give all of my money to strangers so that i can get a new apartment there you go a bigger apartment for my family and myself and um yeah i'm like super excited to move into like more space I was waiting for you to be like, bigger space for a bigger studio. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, maybe, potentially. We can move this thing from your futon to my sofa. There you go. It does not pull out, and neither do I. <laughs> oh. That's why I got a two-year-old. Oh. <laughs> Daddy, don't play that shit. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I just can't wait to have more room. Because <laughs> you, you were telling me, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago, about how you didn't get the one place that you're looking at so. yeah and this place is, this place is like nicer it's basically identical like almost the same setup same amount of room same amount of square footage both have a yard nice just good amount of storage space especially compared to what i'm currently dealing with like we're living in a one bedroom with isn't the same town you're living in now yeah it's like two miles down the road nice yeah super excited about that that's what drive easy for me. move <laughs> exactly well it's gonna be great you're gonna help me move and there everything, we go. so it's gonna be awesome so you're gonna have to call out of work because it's on a Friday. Oh, <laughs> don't care. What Friday? The fifteenth. <laughs> Is that Valentine's Day? It's the day. Yeah, they moved it to the fifteenth now. I don't know the day of Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, Valentine's Day's the fourteenth. You dumb shit. Uh well, okay. So clearly, uh, you're not. Getting I was looking for an excuses. excuse to not help you. 
Uh, that's fine. Oh, is that an excuse? Oh, it's Valentine's Day. I can't help someone move on Valentine's Day. What better way to tell someone you love them than help them move heavy furniture? <laughs> move my couch. <laughs> I'll buy you flowers. Apparently, this is the first year that those heart-shaped candies with the lettering on them is not going to be made in like 100 years. Really? Yeah. Apparently, that company got bought by another company, and I guess they like stopped production during the buyout or whatever, so mm. they couldn't mass produce them this year. Wow. First time in like 100 years. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to miss them. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, not me either. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who are like, oh man, where are those awfully hard chalk candies that are <laughs> gross but say cute things? I feel like we need to look up how much they're going for on eBay. <laughs> oh, through the roof, dude. Have you seen the Cheeto thing? What Cheeto thing? <laughs> this is a movie podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about candy hearts and cheetos yeah people are doing this thing where if they find like a crunchy cheeto that looks like something uh-huh they'll they're sending it like a picture of it to cheeto and cheeto is like picking the most creative ones and like paying, like giving them money or like what yeah it's like a contest so if you go on ebay and look up like cheeto or like crunchy cheeto there's all these ones that show up yeah and it's f- fucking hilarious. That's I, awesome. I was looking at it one, the other day. And I'm buy was, one. How much are they going for? Depends. I mean, it depends on the shape. You know, if you really want something creative, you're gonna have to pay up for it. I mean, it's well, know, what's it's creative? What's a, che- a Cheeto shaped like? You know, Harambe. Ooh, there was that was literally one that I saw the other day, and uh, that's it, amazing. It was crazy. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up right now, just because I need to show you. I wonder if someone's over at Cheetos Empire, like crafting them, like in like molds of things. <laughs> you, you, you searched Cheeto shaped the first thing that came up was Cheeto shaped like a penis with balls buy it now $25 <laughs> look at this That's one a steal. Read, read this one the new listing Cheeto shaped like an upright gorilla with a big butt and a huge fist <laughs> like curved Cheeto puff Shaped like <laughs> curved penis dick. <laughs> like penis dick. There's 16 people watching, watching it. it. Like, I gotta see what happens with this penis dick. Look at this one. Read that one. Extremely rare Extremely Cheeto. Extremely rare. Sh- shaped like Italy. <laughs> yeah. They're asking for $10,000 or best offer. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> People are just posting Cheetos that are have a curl to them and just saying, like, it's shaped like a curved dick. Wait, go up again. <laughs> There's one that's uh, dick-shaped Cheeto. Dick Cheeto shaped like a penis with balls. <laughs> one. one inch. <laughs> yeah. I like this one. $50 Cheeto shaped like Poseidon with Trident. <laughs> this should be our entire podcast. Oh, movie-related. Cheeto. Flaming hot Cheetos shaped like Moana Rooster. Hey, hey. Yeah, that's actually a good one. It actually does look like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the closest rendition so far. <laughs> oh, my God. Cheeto shaped like bird. It actually looks that, like, that like a bird. That does look like a bird. All right. Everybody right. needs to start. Oh, uh, man. We gotta. We should post some of those pictures on Instagram. That would be really funny. 
They're released like in our story or something, so that people can check that shit out because that's hilarious. We're gonna divert people away from our podcast with all this good talk. They can listen to a podcast while flipping through Instagram. Oh, that is true. That is a good point. You have no excuse now. Beauty of podcasts. <laughs> all right, we gotta stop talking about fucking Cheetos. <laughs> we are not here for snack talk. We are here to talk about glass. Yes, we are. And we saw it, and. We have a movie podcast, so we have opinions about that movie, too. But, I don't know about you, Colin. How are you feeling right now? I feel like I might need to go somewhere. The bathroom? <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. Oh. Oh, that's good. Well, you know what? You should go to the bathroom, because I don't want you asking me to pull over in the car on our way to the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> Like what I did there? I did like that. Yeah. Anyways. Highly, you... highly anticipated for this one. Well, yeah. What what trailer are we going to be talking about? I don't even know. It's definitely not on the screen in front of me. <laughs> We're talking Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, baby. I thought this trailer was going to come out like three weeks ago. I think we thought this trailer was going to come out like over a month ago. I was hoping this would be out when we saw Spider-Verse. Yeah. Which is... Episode number two for us. That's right. Episode two. So I think when we were recording that episode, well, definitely when we recorded that episode, the trailer wasn't out yet, but I think we even mentioned like, yeah, the trailer's not out yet. And then we released that episode the day after the trailer came out. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we were banking a few episodes ahead. It's now. funny because I listened to that up. episode too and there was rumors about it and we're like, it's a big week. We're getting Spider-Man, Star Wars, and Hellboy. And then only Hellboy yeah. came out. Yeah, just Hellboy. <laughs> Oh. I'm. I've been really excited for this movie. Homecoming was one yeah, of my man. favorite movies. Uh, is that last year? That was 2017. 2017. Yeah, it feels yeah. like it was last year, but it was one of my favorite movies in 2017. And, Hell yeah! Um, yeah, it was. It was awesome. I mean, the real Homecoming is him being with Marvel, like really with Marvel. Yeah. You know, but yeah, this movie. There's been like so much buzz about just the trailer coming out. I let alone the movie itself. I actually had a question for you about this movie. And then I asked you Hit to... Hit me with your best shot. Well, I'll ask it afterwards. Okay. After we watch it. But I asked you in the parking lot after we saw Glass. And I was like, by the way, this thing... And you just went to save it for the podcast. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a running thing. We need to stop going to the movies together because it's like the worst. Especially if we're not recording the episode right after we go to the movies. Then we have to sit with it for like a week. And like all week we've been texting and I'm just like... I really want to tell you something about how I felt about Glass. Yeah. But we can't because I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to get on Glass yet, but I will say just while we're talking about that, that I'm really happy we did not record the Glass episode right after we saw the movie. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Good. But anyways, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home, the sequel to Homecoming. And yeah, I watched this. I think I've watched it twice now. I've watched it a lot. Like a lot, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I, I watched it twice before I even texted it to you and i texted it to you as soon as i woke up that morning yeah also i'd like to point out i pointed it out on our instagram we had teased on instagram that we were going to be releasing the spider-verse episode that week the next morning they released this trailer coincidence i don't think so it's the power of the podcast power of the pod everybody <laughs> we have more pull in hollywood than you guys realize you really should start subscribing this is bullshit. <laughs> this is fucking bullshit, man. What are you doing? So you want to get into this? You want to get into the business? Yeah, hit me with this fucking trailer. <laughs> Thank you, Spider. 
hot Aunt May. That was so good. Hey, sorry I'm late. Happy. You look nice. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Hot happy. So, New dress? Yes, it is. Yeah, so she's obviously like okay, I guess, with him being Spider-Man because the way that what the first happened? one ends, she literally says, "What the fuck?" and then moves. Yeah. So she's come to terms mm -hmm. by now. Going yeah. School trip. Get your passport. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Mini toothpaste. Mm -hmm. So many your suit. They had the guy from Honest Trailers do it. Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, I've always really liked the choice of music they have for these movies, though. Like, at least Homecoming, I, I really like they had Blitzkrieg Bob in, in the first one. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. messing with you. You look pretty, too. I just want to spend some time with MJ. I think she really likes me, too. That reminds me when I first fell in love. I had just finished my phone call. Oh, snap. <laughs> so nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. It's Mr. Glass. <laughs> You're Nick Fury. Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he gonna be okay like that? Might want to turn him over. So we finally get Nick Fury and Spider-Man together. Yeah. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome. We got gifts, Parker, but we have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? Alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you gonna do about it? Is it the stealth spider? Is that what it's called? Just a stealth, stealth suit? I think so. I don't think they're trying to use it like a Spider Man. You don't want any part of this. No. Jakey G. I am so excited that he's in this because I love Jakey and all. I love Mysterio. Yeah. He's like Iron Man and Thor rolled into one. He's no Spider-Man. What is it with you and Spider-Man? What, he looks out for the neighborhood, has a dope suit, and I really respect him. What's up, dickwad? Very nice. That's such a good trailer. That got me so hyped. Jakey G looks awesome. Some people were like, ugh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. I don't know why. He's had such a good record late, like, in... Probably the last 10 years, right? Like, he's been putting out fucking jams. He, he is one of my favorite actors working right now. Did you see Okja on uh No, you told, you told me to watch that, though. Really fucking good. Deeply depressing, but very fucking good. And he is amazing in it. There is a movie that he came out with this year. Well, I guess 2018. That might be my top 10. Oh, okay. Might well, let's not, let's not spoil I'm that. I'm not spoiling it. I'm not spoiling it. I'm just saying. Watched it the other day. Really good. Yeah. And he was in Nightcrawler, which was fucking awesome. And he like, like, kind of transformed for that. Like, he got real like thin and like Nightcrawler. He was such a creep. You ever, you ever so see? Uh, creep. You ever see Enemy? No, I haven't. Enemy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you said anime. No, Enemy. I've seen some anime. <laughs> well, that's nice. Only the Death Note movie on Netflix. Does that count? No, it does not count. Well, it was amazing. Burn it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I had, just real quick, just get it out of the way. Is the villain in this Mysterio, or is the villain in this the Elementals? I'm assuming it's the Elementals. Do you really want to hear my thought? Yeah. Hit me with your best thought. Oh, man. We got to like do like an audio drop of like the song. <laughs> bow, bow, now, bow, now, no, no. This is Skyward. Hit me with your best thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
fun fact about Mysterio in the comics, he doesn't have like real powers. He's an illusionist. I don't think that those things are actual. I don't think that they are Ooh, actually. That's cool. Quote unquote happening. Like I think it's happening, but I don't think it's. I think he's orchestrating you think it. Basically, he's doing it? yeah. Also, there are three villains in Spider-Man comics: Hydro Man, yeah, Sandman, who we saw in Spider-Man Three, mm-hmm. and Molten Man. Yep. I think those are supposed to be Sandman, Hydro Man, and Molten Man. I don't think that they're just like nameless elemental monsters. I think that they're using them as those characters, but I think that they're not real. Because I think like the stuff that's happening is real. I think there's something happening with like the the dirt, the water, the fire, all that. But I think that Jake Gyllenhaal is orchestrating it with whatever contraptions he has. He's using whatever kind of like technology he has to pull off these elaborate tricks and look like a hero. I think he's staging it to look like the hero. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then I think I think that Spider-Man's going to team up with him thinking that he's another hero who can help him, only to find out that Mysterio's actually been the villain the whole time, that orchestrating would make everything. Because I was reading stuff and I watched... He's like a mastermind. Yeah, I watched... Uh, an interview with Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland, and Jake Gyllenhaal says that Spider-Man and Mysterio team up, but that seemed very weird to me because Mysterio is like a you know a big bad in the Marvel world. Yeah, I, it I, seemed very weird to me though that they would use him as a hero. So what you're saying actually would be really cool, and that would make sense. Yeah, and then like those big big monsters or whatever you want to call them, they're actually part of Mysterio's plan, and they're not really like sentient monsters as much as they are like orchestrated by Mysterio. See, I had read that there is um, a group of villains called the Elementals, and there's Earth, Water, Air, and Fire. That could also be a possibility. And there's mol- you said Molten Man, yep. Hydro Man, and Sandman. Um, Sandman is not one of them. It's a different one. Oh, um, right, right. It's no, called, I, the, yeah. the Earth one is called Magnum. Okay. And then the Air one is a girl, and her name's Zephyr. But they don't show okay. an air one in this. I think they just show. Well, Earth. maybe that's what's hovering over the bridge. You know, there's like all the lightning and like rain and stuff. But I don't. I don't know for sure. Yeah, maybe. That's what people were saying, like on Twitter and stuff like that. I'd kind of be a little bit bummed if Spider-Man and Mysterio teamed up and take on the Elementals, because I don't know. The Elementals seem kind of like a weak villain, because they're yeah. all just kind of the same type of thing. It's yeah, and just like four of them. Yeah. And we've and we've already had Sandman in a movie, yeah. So that's why I think they're not real. That's because you you see Mysterio because and he says something like you don't want a part you don't want any part of this like stand back like kind of thing like I think he's like I'll take it from here Spider Man and like trying to show up and be quote unquote the hero so he can gain like trust so that he can get away with his like real master plan. Yeah. That would be cool, man. And the costume is perfect. The costume is cool. Fucking I like perfect. Like that he's so not like this the whole good. time though. Like I like that they gave him the the helmet. The helmet. Yeah. yeah, you you need it. It's like probably like the biggest part of his costume is having the helmet. Yeah. God damn it! So cool. The suit that Spider Man has in it, the black one. Yeah. I heard that that's similar to a stealth suit. I think they said yeah. that, that might be in the video game. But it yeah, looks, there is something similar in the video game. It looks like in this trailer, though, that it's like handmade type thing. Well, not handmade, but like it, I could see maybe like Happy or Nick Fury giving him that. And it's because it, it just looks like a ski mask and like like yeah. SWAT armor, basically. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't look like super tech like something from Stark. Which also brings me to my next point. 
is this a spoiler for Endgame that Tony Stark is not in this and he doesn't have a cool suit? It's a good question. I mean, I guess a, the big question is, isn't it a spoiler for Endgame because there's another Spider-Man movie coming out after Endgame? Well, it is, but I also... But then the is question this, is, what's the timeline? That's what I was going to say. What's the timeline on this movie? I've seen theories saying that this is actually before Infinity War. Like, maybe the when he gets off of the bus for Infinity War, that's them, like, coming back from this trip. Oh, that'd actually be cool. I've also seen a theory that this movie will be a sequel to Endgame and a prequel to Infinity War. Oh, so, like, they bring them back in time, kind of, in Endgame? Yeah. So it's before the actions of Infinity War? Yes. So it's after it's after Endgame. Basically, it's assuming that in Endgame, they're going to go back to before Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. It's going to bring it back. So it would be a sequel, but a prequel to Infinity War. So this would be before the events of Infinity War, but it would be after Endgame, because Endgame is where they go back back to erase infinity war yeah that's cool possible anything's possible at this point with like all the time stuff like i mean it's already been stated that endgame is going to be heavily like time travel related so it kind of makes us all crazy like what's going to happen next like and especially already knowing that we have this spider-man movie coming like i mean obviously he's back in some way so how is he back or is this not he's back from Infinity War? This is before Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, they've kind of spoiled some stuff because they've already said there's a Black Panther 2. Yeah, and so, Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, and I mean, assuming they're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy 3, although you don't know Who knows? the director. That's but, up in the air still. But yeah, I mean, they've kind of spoiled that a little bit. You know the characters are coming back. You just don't know how. But the nice thing is just where we're left off right now with all these movies is you have like no idea what they're going to do. So. Everything is just speculation at this point. And it's super exciting. No, it is. Because I feel like usually, you know, especially during maybe like phase two and stuff, you could guess where all the movies were going or what was going to happen. Right now, you have no idea. And it's awesome. It's fucking brilliant, like what they're doing with the whole MCU. I mean, it's the biggest money-making franchise right now in the world, I think, for movies. Rightfully so, because they've been knocking out of the park. And this has like a lot of that same tone from Homecoming, where it looks like, Super fun, and that's what I was saying with the music. It's got yeah. like fun music right away. Yeah, and like it's quippy, and like he Tom Holland is so likable as Spider Man. He plays Spider Man so well. You have them in a new setting, which again is cool. It's something that I even mentioned when we were ranking out the Spider Man movies why I liked Homecoming so much because it was just nice to see him somewhere different. So this like we do see some of his like Manhattan swinging around stuff, like he's swinging in front of Grand Central Station or Grand Central Terminal. But then they go to they're in Venice. Is that where, that's where they are, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean Europe. <laughs> they're in europe gross no i i like that it's in a different spot i think that's really cool because yeah, i mean it's... almost all these movies except for guardians of the galaxy take place in new york yeah exactly so there's probably going to be set pieces that wouldn't have been possible if he was in new york yeah like, i think sure. they show them in a boat in one part oh right of, right yeah, so they're in like a gondola or something yeah yeah like you can probably push it a little bit and do a little bit more creative things than if you had just kept them in new york you know what i mean yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's just like a cool, like different aesthetic to see him like working against. You know, I'm really excited for it. Me too. We see Nick Fury come back. We're getting a lot of Nick Fury right now. Yeah. Well, that's actually why we chose this trailer for this episode is the Samuel L. Jackson connection. But this year we're getting, we got Samuel L. Jackson in Glass. Yep. Then we're getting young Nick Fury in Captain Marvel. Yep. 
And I'm sure he'll be in Endgame. Yeah. I guess, I'm assuming, right? They'll probably scoop his dust up into an urn. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll have Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. And he'll probably sneak out some other thing. Oh, he's in, he was in Incredibles 2 last year. Where's my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. I love him. No, his body of work is so impressive. Hell also, yeah. Also, forget that he's in Jurassic Park. Oh, I never do. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> Mace Windu. <laughs> mm-hmm. In some of the best Star Wars films. Yeah. Gotta love that episode, too. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, man. Fucking Spider-Man. Super excited. I mean, there's a lot of people pointing out things, like trying to trying to dissect every like frame of the trailer. I'm just super excited to have a really fun fucking movie coming out. Like, I can go deep into it, but I feel like at this point right now, everything is speculation, and they didn't show you too much by this trailer, which is something I continually mention that I love that Marvel does, is that they don't overshare and spoil too much. Like, just when you, like, watch these trailers and break it down and be like, oh, I caught something, and, like, this is this is going to be a big spoiler the movie comes out and that shit didn't spoil anything. <laughs> like they're smarter than that. They're not going to let some like weird things slip up and then you're going to be able to figure out like the whole movie. Like you're not smarter than them. Like we should all give up. We're not smarter than Marvel at this point. If the two of them do team up and it actually is like the elementals or Sandman or whatever, I really hope that they use Mysterio again in the third one as a villain. Like he be like betrays him or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it would be such a waste of Mysterio to just have him be like a good guy. I think Marvel's the right team to actually pull off a Sinister Six. Yeah. So if you set up Mysterio in this one, we already had Vulture in the last one. At the end, you realize Vulture is in jail with Scorpion. That's the guy he's talking to, and he's like, "Hey, I heard you know Spider-Man's name." And he's like, "If I knew his name, he'd be dead already." Yeah. But little did you know, he actually does. He was just showing out for him because mm-hmm. he saved his life. But strong possibility you got vulture and scorpion teaming up in jail and then you got um mysterio. mysterio and then who knows who else might get introduced through this movie yeah you don't know that'd be cool whether in the movie or post credits or whatever like sinister six has who uh i mean it's, it's rotating it's rotating but so they Venom's can in do, there uh craven well that's the thing it's rotating like i think a good i think you can pick you can hand pick your sinister six for this okay Generally, like, Electro's in there. Um, yeah. I don't think we need him Black in Hat? here yet. No, it's more like Scorpion. Like, Rhino's been in it. Um, Doc Ock is almost always in there. You either have, like, a Hob or a Green Goblin. <laughs> hob, Gob. <laughs> you got a Hob and a Gob. But, yeah, like I said, it's, like, been rotating, which kind of makes it. You can kind of do what you want. You can do what you want you with it, yeah. You make it. But I think it's good to have some of those characters who may not need like to be their own leading villain. So like Scorpion doesn't need to be a leading villain. I think he works out well just kind of like introducing him in another way. Yeah. And then same thing with like Rhino. He doesn't need to be the main villain. He doesn't have as like much depth to him that it would be interesting. You Everyone know? knows him from his awesome appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Paul Giamatti, <laughs> motherfucker. But yeah, like I think they could pull it off fairly smoothly. I mean, if anyone can do it, I think Marvel's proven that they can do like the long game. And Sinister Six is going to require a long game. That's the thing is like they're so successful now that they don't have to rush into anything. Like yeah, that's, take I, your time, baby. That's why like DC they're trying to play catch up and they keep putting out crap movies. I mean, I haven't seen Aquaman. I've heard it's actually like pretty good for DC. Yeah, movies, we should but, see that. Like and Shazam looks good. I'm yeah. excited for Shazam. Shazam looks like they might actually be 
understanding. Well, now they're changing the tone completely. Yeah, that's the thing. So they they tried to be wildly different from MCU, and then they realized, oh, MCU is successful because they got it right, not because whatever. Like, yeah, bunch of dummies. Over it DC. works for like the dark thing works for certain characters. Like you can do it with Batman. Yeah, like I don't think Batman should have like a tongue in cheek movie. Yeah, or like a but more comical movie. He's Superman he's a dark didn't character. need to be depressing. Yeah, it could have been a little. Yeah, there's a I, lot of things that could have made that movie better. <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't know, a whole different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have just put out Superman 3 again. Yeah. It's, man. The first Superman, first Man of Steel is like, okay. Yeah, is it? I think it's okay. Yeah, okay is fair enough, I guess. I think it's okay. I don't like Batman vs. Superman, though. Awful. I hated that. And, that uh, made me angry. Yeah, and just Justice League was better than I predicted, but... That was only because I thought it was going to be, like, one of the worst movies. That was another one that was still just okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't good. Yeah, it was just okay. And then Suicide Squad was fucking awful. Terrible. <laughs> I am looking forward to Joker, though, with Joaquin Phoenix. That yeah, actually might be cool. I don't have any opinions on it yet. I like Joaquin Phoenix. I like Joaquin Phoenix, too. I think he does dark characters really well. For sure. Did you see um, You Were Never Really Here this year? No, I didn't. You should watch it. It's pretty... It's like, it's like the fucking Norwegian death metal version of, like, taken <laughs> oh that's awesome so I'm, I'm all about that. that's the best description you can give a movie. i actually don't know i don't even know if that's like it's much more reserved than taken there's not that many action scenes but it's dark yeah. it's cool though that's cool yeah, yeah i should i should check that out i've been meaning to but yeah fucking spider-man far from home i think i think i could speak for both of us in saying like we're really excited for this movie to come out yeah this is this is high on my list also yeah man i I'll, feel like such a, like a like a Marvel fanboy being like, yeah, Endgame and Spider-Man are high on my list, but it's really like Endgame, Spider-Man, and then... It's because they they have such a build-up to yeah. them because they're in this universe where so much has happened. Mm-hmm. So it's just so curious what the fuck's going to happen. I was looking, because um, we were talking about what movies we're going to be reviewing like every week and stuff, and I was looking at release dates. This month and February are a little late. March picks up. From like April yeah. on, it's all like bangers every week. Fucking bangers! <laughs> so like, I was like dude, geez. we're gonna be overloaded with fucking movies to see. Like, we're not gonna have enough time to catch them all. Oh yeah, because uh, Detective Pikachu is coming out. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I gotta catch them all. That was one that I, I saw. That I was like, I forgot about that, but we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. I don't. I don't think we could miss that one. No. I think just growing up at our age like pokemon we know who our guest episode or guest speaker is going to be on that episode oh hell yeah talking yeah. to you duck yeah talking duck, to Ducky you needs to be on that episode the duckalus so you got anything else on spider-man are we nothing else i'm i'm good to roll out of here yeah roll out of the trailer park <laughs> just get get my give my truck a jump start <laughs> get my ass out of this trailer park <laughs> while we're sitting here you want me to get a natty late oh yeah <laughs> and um fucking steel reserve <laughs> Oh, shit's awful. <laughs> All right. But that brings us to M. Night Shyamalan and Glass. Shyamalan ding dong. <laughs> um, I I don't think we're going to go crazy and rank out all the Shyamalams. No. <laughs> the Shyamalan-verse? The Shyamalan-verse. <laughs> every, every episode has Shyamalan-verse. a verse. The Shyamalan-verse. <laughs> yeah, no. There's no need to do that, Um, especially considering like half of them tie for last place. <laughs> yeah. Crappening, come on. I I wrote down notes basically just about his career, and I wasn't gonna get, mainly. Well, yeah, hit mainly me just, with them. You're our research guy. Mainly so. just focus on 
two movies in particular, but the ones related to Glass. Yeah, yeah. But makes sense. That being said, I don't know if a director has ever had four years as good as M Night Shyamalan. Like those first four, ninety nine, The Sixth Sense, great, two thousand Unbreakable, game. awesome. I love that movie. Two thousand two Signs. Yeah, I love Signs, and I Sign, love Unbreakable, and I Signs love is where I start slipping. Oh no, I love Signs. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't see that movie and go, oh, M. Night Shyamalan doesn't have it anymore. I just saw that movie and I'm like, that was cool, but it it, it didn't have the same feel as Signs and Unbreakable. You mean Sixth Sense and Unbreakable? Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> you want to just say it again? No. Okay. No, I love Signs. Signs is honestly probably one of my like favorite sci-fi movies. Really? Yeah. Wow. And our friend John also really loves that movie. So he thought it was good, not graphic? He thought it was good, not graphic. It wasn't graphic. <laughs> no. We got to have him on the pod soon. Well, that's the thing. When M. Light Shyamalan gets graphic, you get The Happening. Because that's his yeah. only rated R movie. Really? Yeah. The Happening was like the beginning to his rated R career, and then it ended quickly. I don't think The Visit was rated R. What the fuck is The Visit? The Visit came out I didn't even know about that one. It's the one where the kids visit their grandparents. Cool. The spoiler is that they're not actually their grandparents. Cool. Or are they dead? Um, yeah, I think they were. I didn't see it. I've only heard from other people about it. But it's amazing. I've actually heard that that one's okay. Someone needs to tell him not every movie has to have a twist. That's the thing, and I'm going to get to that in our Glass episode. Some of these this movies- This is our Glass episode. Oh, I mean, I'm going to get to that in our Glass review. Yeah. Fine. I'll wait. I mean, I'm only going to have to wait think, a couple minutes. I but... know that's his shtick, but like, sometimes the the twist is not necessary. Like you could, it could have sometimes definitely gone the with twist that. is not having a twist. Maybe the twist sometimes makes his movies like the sixth sense. It's yeah. Fucking awesome. I think that was his downfall. Almost is like, he came out with that movie. It got such, such like high praise and people were like, Oh, that twist. And then he was like, Oh fuck. Now I always have to do this. <laughs> like he really like pigeonholed himself. <laughs> This has to happen from now on. He's like, shit, I just kind of set a tone, didn't I? So how do you feel about The Village, 2004? That was, that's what came after Signs. Not a fan. Not a fan? Not a fan. Um, I know when it came that's out. another one where, like the, again, that twist, I was just like, really? Well, it's like, come on. I know a lot of people that when it came out, they hated it. because I, I they, didn't have too visceral a reaction. They, they, wanted, they wanted a creature film, and then it, they're not creatures. Yeah, but I know people now that go back and watch it, and they're like, you know what? Like knowing what happens, it's actually kind of cool. They appreciate it a lot more watching it for a second or third time. Yeah, and maybe um, I should check it out again. I think it was on Netflix for a hot minute. The Village for me is is fine. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't hate it. It's that's fine. like what I was saying. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have like a visceral reaction to it. I, I was, I just have no care in my bones for it. Yeah, Lady in the Water came out in 2006. That's Paul Giamatti too, right? I haven't seen, seen Lady, Lady in the Water. Maybe I'm confusing it with another movie. Doesn't matter. I also didn't see it. <laughs> looked looked dumb. Didn't care. At this point, he had already kind of like. I don't think that one's well received. But I've also heard from other people that it's like kind of like ballsy. Like it's a it's a weird movie. I love balls. <laughs> so if, and I you like weird movies? I do. Yeah. Well, maybe I should check it out. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe I'll I'll get back to everybody on that. Twenty two thousand eight though. Two thousand eight starts the shit. Yeah, you got, you got the happening, the crappening, as I call it. This is a bad movie. The There's fuck, the fucking flowers gonna kill us. <laughs> my fa- my favorite part in that is when the lady's like the old lady goes, "You're gonna kill me in my sleep," and then he goes, <laughs> "Mark Wahlberg, what? 
no. <laughs> uh, Marky Walls. The acting is so bad. Yeah, man. That movie is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I don't know if it's worst for me. It's not the worst, but it's one of the worst. That, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's every there's. I don't think there's any redeeming qualities to that movie. Mark Wahlberg. Like I said, I don't think there's any <laughs> redeeming qualities to that movie. Come on, man. He was in those Transformer movies. Like I said, I don't think there's any redeeming qualities to that movie. <laughs> 2010, The Last Airbender. Awesome <laughs> movie. That was bad. I told you I like anime, right? Yeah, That's you're the other anime I saw. Yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> and like Shaman's version of the and, last And Airbender. I saw the live action the Dragon Ball Z movie too. Ooh. Also amazing. Yeah, I love anime, guys. <laughs> uh, After Earth 2013, Will Smith and his son. Gaten. That was him? That's M. Night? Yeah. I had no idea. A lot of these movies are really bad. Yeah, and like, like I mean, some of the worst movies ever are the last <laughs> three that you just named. After Earth is awful, also. Yeah, really bad. Yeah. And then 2015, The Visit. Like I said, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I don't know anything about it. I've I can't heard, speak to it. I've heard compared to his previous work, it's a comeback. It's a comeback. Okay. And Start a little bit of an upswing. Yeah. And then 2017, Split. I liked Split. Split's, yeah, I like Split also. I liked it a lot. James McAvoy's amazing. He's fucking awesome. Now, Split, is the twist in the movie that it's an unbreakable sequel, or is the twist that, that he th- is that actually... McAvoy can actually become the Beast? That is a good question. I I don't think it's a twist, because they were kind of, like, building up to it. And, like, for That's... me, I was just in the mindset of, like, once they started talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's definitely going to be, like, it's going to be real. That's Like, in yeah. my head, it was, like, it's going to be real. I think the twist is the fact that it's in the same universe as... Okay. But you know what? That kind of is such a subtle twist that it doesn't feel like yeah, but- what he's done in other movies. This is almost like having no twist. Yeah. Which is refreshing because every other movie he's had, with the exception of The Visit, just because we haven't seen it. Or no, I guess you said that there is a twist with the grandparents. But yeah, not having like a real twist in it is probably a good thing. Because I was... I. After saw after I saw Split, I was talking to some people and they were like, "Yeah, and the twist was so stupid. He he becomes like like the Beast finally, and he's like really strong." And I was like, "Well, I didn't think that was the twist. It seemed pretty obvious that that was gonna happen." Yeah, I took it as the twist was that it was a sequel to Unbreakable, which got yeah. me hyped as hell. Yeah, it was just but cool seeing the people I was talking to though connection. had never seen Unbreakable. What? Oh, they were younger? Uh, a little bit younger, yeah. Okay. I can see that movie flying under a lot of people's radar. Yeah, but Unbreakable is really like the first superhero movie before the superhero boom. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Man, I really want to go back and watch that. I watched it after I saw Glass. Like, I rewatched it. Yeah. So happy I did. Yeah? So happy I did. Yeah. Unbreakable is so good. And I think that, like, this it's a superhero movie in, like, it's a movie that's disguised as a superhero movie. Yeah. And like back then, superhero movies weren't popular like they were now. So you can kind of get away with it. Or you're saying like it's a superhero movie disguised as a regular, like a like almost like a thriller. No, I'm saying it's a regular, it's like a thriller disguised. Like because I've the trailer shows him getting into the car crash and all that stuff. The like, train crash. Like yeah, the train yeah. crash. I don't think people showed up for that that movie thinking it was going to be a superhero movie. Right, that's why I'm saying the superhero movie was the was under disguise. Yeah, that's what no, that's what I was saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, we're on the same page then. I don't think we are. Agree to disagree. I think we're agreeing though. I don't agree. Okay. Great. <laughs> no, Unbreakable I think is it's uh 
people didn't know they were showing up for a superhero movie and then afterwards they're like oh shit that was awesome and like it was actually a, like it was a superhero movie like yeah. normally that's not really that wasn't in the mainstream then like it is now yeah that's true and that's true. Um, it was 99 right or is that 2000, 2000? yeah 2000. i remember it being around that time because i remember specifically like watching that movie and the matrix like in the same day and just my head being in a completely different place for like the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis plays David Dunn. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson plays Elijah Price, aka Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass. Yep. And uh, the twist in that movie is pretty dark. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson basically is a terrorist. Yep. <laughs> but he, he caused the train crash, right? That was. The yeah, thing. he caused the, tra- the train crash. I think he also um, there was other things because he was searching for a person like Bruce Willis's character. Yeah, he's been trying so to he find was, like a real life superhero. Yeah, so he like I think he crashed a plane, like yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, they say it in glass. He's he's a terrorist. Yeah, that makes sense. But no, he came out with three movies in 4 years that are really highly praised movies. Yeah. Unbreakable is like very very endeared to fans. So when yeah, they found sure. out that Split was actually like a Connection. villain origin story for people lost their shit. Yeah, dude. I remember when I first uh, saw Split and I was like, whoa, at the end. I was like, that was by far the coolest part of the whole movie for me. Yeah. And I liked the movie. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying, like, knowing that they existed in the same world, I'm like, that's really cool. I think uh, a little tease, a little bit of glass. I mean, a little bit of Split, but maybe it could be carried over to glass as well. James McAvoy really carries it. Fuck yeah. He brings it with that character. Fuck yeah. He's amazing. I wrote down like four times in my notes while we were watching Glass, um, James McAvoy is great. I love James McAvoy. <laughs> James McAvoy kills it. Like, he's fucking awesome, and he does this so well. Like, he just transitions so, like, perfectly between characters. He can do voices so well. Yeah. And not only does he, he's not, like, just doing the voices. He becomes a new person, like, six times in the same scene. Yeah. You see him mostly in Glass. Yeah. Because in Split, like, he changes his personas, but you don't really see him change in the room with you as much. But here, like... He, well, they, they force him to change. Right. But he changes so many times rapidly, and he can do it fucking seamlessly. I mean, I'm sure there's cuts in between anyways, mm-hmm. but still, like, he just embodies these new people every time he does it. It's fucking, it's fucking creepy, like, how good he is at it. Yeah. Honestly, he's one of my favorite actors acting right now. He's not in enough, but, like, 2017, he was in... Atomic Blonde. That mm-hmm. movie really wasn't that good, but he was great in it. Yeah. And uh he's gonna be in uh Dark Phoenix coming up. Yeah, I mean he's in he's gonna be bald in it now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they made that like a big thing in the trailer for um Apocalypse where he like turns around and he's bald now. Yeah. I was like, is that is that really gonna be the big moment in this movie? <laughs> sure was. <laughs> Basically. Nah, he's he's great. So uh, a lot of people really hyped. This is Glass is one of my f- most anticipated movies for 2019. Really, it's yeah. up there on the list. It was up there. I was super excited to go see Glass so much so we actually saw this opening weekend too. Yeah, packed house. I'm surprised it, yeah, we got was. tickets for it. <laughs> yeah, I know we kind of squeaked in there in the last minute. Yeah, but I think we lucked out because we went like early in the morning. Yeah, Saturday, we went at so. what was it 10:30? We went. Yeah, like first showing. Yeah, first showing. Just got in there in the nick of time. But yeah, um. We we kind of like rushed to to the theater to make sure we saw this early. It's kind of the thing with like anticipating twists and stuff. It's like we better see this before somebody ruins it for us. Yeah, that's why like all the Marvel movies 
you know, Star Wars, stuff like that. All the really hyped up movies you probably need to see right away. Otherwise, it's going to get spoiled for you. We already have our tickets for Captain Marvel. Yeah. And that movie's still like over two months away from us. <laughs> there was a few movies last year that my brother had like the big moment of the movie spoiled for him. It's the worst. Brandon had uh, Spider-Man's death spoiled for him in Endgame. Infinity, I mean, yeah, Infinity, Infinity War. War. And then I'd punch someone in the throat. This isn't like a huge spoiler, but... uh. Darth Maul got spoiled for him in Solo. In Solo and that yeah. was like probably like my favorite part of the whole movie was seeing Darth Maul show up in it. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, but no, you got to see like these movies quickly. Otherwise, it's going to get ruined for you. Yeah. Luckily, nobody got to ruin it for us. We got to ruin it for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what happened. Now I know. This is a hard movie to kind of review. I mean, well, I mean, we can remind everybody that we never refrain from spoilers. I think I put spoiler alert in all the descriptions when we release episodes. That's not even so much what I meant because I was just like, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. But we're going to tell you every (laughs) fucking thing. We're going to ruin the fuck out of this movie. (laughs) For me, I just don't want to say anything right away that's going to give away how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about about we... Do you want to start just diving in? Yeah, I... Take it. Take it moment by moment. Sure, moment by moment. Moment by moment. Moment. The movie starts up so fucking good, in my opinion. Yeah, do you agree? I forgot what how I forgot how it immediately starts up. The first like I would say first 20, 30 minutes of this movie was almost exactly what I wanted out of it. That's where it started with the unbreakable stuff, right? Yeah. So so started with um done the first the first shot of the movie is just a slow shot of James McAvoy walking in as his Patricia character, right? And it's just like I knew there was something else before the Unbreakable that, stuff. That was happening. it, and then it goes, and then it goes to like the title sequence of it, and uh, right. But then they basically show uh, David Dunn. He's uh, going after like a couple teenagers. Yeah, and who Superman punched some unknowing old man on the street. Yeah, really. Also, that Superman punch is a real thing. It's a wrestling move. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I hate it. But um, Roman Reigns, it's like one of his like moves. It's like his like signature move, and he does that. He like runs and he jumps in the air and he punches in the face. <laughs> I wonder if he yells Superman punch like those kids did. No, he goes ah, <laughs> and he cocks his hand like a gun. Oh. It's fucking dumb. It's real dumb. But he, but I wrote that. That's my first note. Superman punch is a wrestling move. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to bring it back to wrestling. So he shows up basically, and he fucks his kid up. Basically, yeah. just throws him straight into a wall. He's basically got a man in the chair. Oh, yeah. And it's his son who they brought back from the first movie, Spencer Treat Clark. That's like my next note is like, is this the same fucking kid from Unbreakable? It's I thought crazy. that was so cool that they brought him back. I thought it was too. Yeah. Like, that was fucking. Just seeing him, I was like, wow. Like, I almost wanted to, like, you know, punch him on the arm lightly and just be like, man, he's gotten so big since the last time I seen yeah. him. Like, <laughs> felt like he's my kid. Because he really <laughs> hasn't been in, like, much between then and now. Can you imagine M. Night Shyamalan's been shelving him this whole time? He's like, hey, M. Night, um, I got this really cool like script across the desk, and I really want to do it. He's like, no, 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 no. You work for me now. M. Night Shyamalan for glass. is actually M. Night Shyamalan is actually Kevin Wendell Clark. And he's, yeah. he's got Spencer, <laughs> Spencer Tree Clark chained, chained up, up in a room. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why everyone has to call him M. Night Shyamalan, because if you actually say his full name, it snaps him out <laughs> of his persona. <laughs> Spoiler for <laughs> the beast. I mean, that was that was in the first that one. Was in spoiler. That was yeah, split, yeah, I got so. you. But no, I thought that was really cool. Basically, they are on the look for James McAvoy's character. Yeah, the horde. 
Yeah, they as they refer to the Horde, which is an awesome villain name. Also, and I thought this was kind of weird. I didn't really like this. They call Bruce Willis's character the Overseer. Yeah, and that, that was kind of it's better than the Tip Tower. Yeah, they call. I think was it Tiptoe Man? They call him. Or yeah, that, I think that was a joke that they made early on, and they they actually say that like Bruce Willis is like still better than the Tiptoe Man or yeah. whatever. The Overseer has uh, some slavery connotations to it that I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, ugh, you couldn't have come up with something better there. Yeah, it sounds a little. A little gross. <laughs> yeah, but they have this cool scene where they basically he he like brushes up against him, finds out that it's him. Yep. And then they has the vision of the girls locked up in the factory. Yeah. And then basically like you see the trailer to glass and everyone's thinking that it's leading up to the showdown between David Dunn and Kevin Wendell Crumb. And you get that fight within the first twenty minutes of the movie, basically. Yeah, it's <laughs> act one shit. Yeah. It's like immediately. I was like, oh, okay. But that was kind of, I'm like, all right, this is everything that I wanted out of it so far. Yeah. And then it starts off real strong. It does start off real strong. And then after that part, Sarah Paulson's character comes in and the pacing and tone of the movie changes considerably. Yeah. They all get locked up in basically a psych ward. Yeah. Yeah. And it's much more of a slow burn from then on. Yeah. But I kind of had a, I was okay with the change of pace. Because it, I like the slow burn, but what were you going to say? Well, because I don't want it to seem like I'm just agreeing with you if you were going to say that you liked it. No, 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 no. Um, I do like it. Yeah, that didn't bother me. Like, I think you even mentioned when we were watching the movie, like, I didn't take a lot of notes in the beginning. I was just really soaking it in and enjoying it. Like, though that part where it slowed down, like, it did a good job kind of, like, holding your attention and, like, kind of pulling you along at, like, an even pace. Even though it was slowed down, like, it... It, the pacing of it didn't feel off. Like it, it still like progressed pretty naturally. The reason that I was so happy that I watched Unbreakable was because Unbreakable is also a slow burn. And when you watch, and, it, the- and that starts with like uh, it starts with the crash, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So kind of similar, like hot, hot out the gun, but then it just slow tonally and pacing wise. This movie is way more similar to Unbreakable than it is Split. Yes, and I like that a lot. Yeah. So. I was fine also with the slower pacing. I wasn't sitting there like, oh, this is boring. Like, I was actually really interested in the psych ward stuff. I thought it was cool. Me too. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it's different than what you were expecting, that's for sure. I mean, I think yeah. everyone thought there was going to be more action-heavy. A lot of the action sequences that they show you in the trailer, which is most of the trailer, is the last 20 minutes of this movie. Yep. So you're basically in this psych ward, and they start doing this cool thing where Sarah Paulson's character, she plays... Uh, the doctor in charge of the psych ward. Yep. She believes that they aren't superheroes, that it's all in their head. And they're basically having psychosis. Yeah. They're having like physical manifestations of what they believe basically. Right. And, and it's like her main area of study is like this, like this kind of um, ideology and people and like this specific like psychosis of like, I believe I'm a superhero. Like that's her main fucking deal. Her name's Dr. Ellie Staple. I forgot it, but oh, okay. that's her name. So, but it's a really cool thing because in the first Unbreakable, uh, Bruce Willis's character believes that he's just a normal person. Yeah. And then as the movie goes on, he is slowly realizing and becoming something else. Right. In this movie, he starts off the way that he ends Unbreakable and slowly changes back to, into believing, believing the way he was real, at the beginning yeah. Yeah, of Unbreakable. Which I thought was very really cool. Yeah, and that I like kind that of gets too. the viewer to also question the reality, the reality of, of what you're situation. watching too. Yeah. 
because there's a really good scene where they break down that sequence when he bumps into uh, James McAvoy's character. Yeah. Where it's all deductions, basically. Like, yeah, and she's like debunking his whole vision thing. Yeah. Like, you saw someone who uh, was like in their like 20s or whatever acting like a kid. They had like a brick smudge on their pants. Yeah. They had like the red clay stain. So yeah. you knew it would be like some sort of brick building mm-hmm. or something like that and like you just kind of figured it all out by piecing together clues and then they go to like split and he's like well how did i break you know bend the bars and then he's like well they were old bars and uh i like how did i how did i like take a, a bullet or whatever and it's like the the buckshot hit the bars mostly and yeah like, you only got clipped by like a couple things mm-hmm. yeah i thought that was a really cool sequence yeah for sure i th- like um, it they... impacts the viewer along with the characters on the same level kind of yeah, because none of nobody knows what's what's real and what's not. Yeah, like are they really superheroes? Or like it kind of gets every they question themselves, and we question if they were actually like kind of supernatural. I guess. Yeah, you also find out that Samuel Jackson is in the psych ward as well. Yeah, Mister Glass in there. I don't know how long has he been in there. Did I they think they say? said he had been in there for like three years. Okay. Yeah, something like that. But he's in there, and he doesn't say anything for maybe the first hour of this movie. Maybe even more. But even then, I was digging his performance. Yeah, he's great. Just twitching eyes. He's just twitching. But, like, you, you know. Can, you can see subtle things in his face as people were talking. Like, he was he was reacting, but, like, minimally. You know that he's, from the first you know movie, Unbreakable, he's a mastermind. Yeah, he's a genius. So even though, he's, genius. Even though he's sitting there, and he's basically comatose, you can tell that. Stuff's behind turning. everything he's he's thinking like yep. he's plotting something yeah and uh it, it puts like an ominous feel on all of those things because even though the conversation is being directed between dunn and crumb so weird saying those names <laughs> next to each other <laughs> dunn crumb <laughs> and and the psychiatrist that it it feels weird having just this this observer in the room and you can just tell that something's going on with him but like He's just silent, and it just kind of adds this other like weirdness layer that makes it kind of cool. All those scenes, and even like I said, I was enjoying him before he starts talking and stuff. But once he wakes up, he is so good in this. Yeah, like Samuel Jackson's fucking baller. Yeah, no. As we were talking about how good James McAvoy is, as good as he is, I may have liked Samuel Jackson more in this movie. Yeah, in his performance, those two in particular were really good. Yeah, and not to say Bruce Willis was bad, he just didn't. He didn't add a lot. That, that's that's the, one of movie. my main issues with the movie, and I was gonna get to, but just performance wise, I thought he, he gets was just, outshined. I thought, yeah, I I thought he was just okay. Yeah. I thought he I thought he was fine. Like he passes, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was I didn't get a performance out of him that I was particularly thrilled with. I was just like, yeah, that was okay. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, but the other two are so good. Hell yeah, and I think Sarah Paulson's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, she's fine. She she didn't blow me away either. No, but we'll get to why mm-hmm. towards the end. But yeah, um, Samuel, like they all have somebody on the outside who's like connected to him. I thought it was weird that the girl from Split is like his connection to James McAvoy's character. Yeah, I thought so too. And I, it felt forced to me. Yeah. That being said, I have a theory about that. Okay. Well, I would like to get that to that later. Fine, fine. That's but I do fine. Agree. The whole movie, I kept thinking, I was like, I really like Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, she was in Thoroughbreds yep. last year, and she was in The Witch. Didn't see The Witch. It's another 
creepy slow burn movie, but I liked it. No, I, I like her a lot. The whole movie, though, I kept thinking she is not necessary in this movie at all. Nope. Like, she is just there, I think, because... They just needed somebody for everybody. Yeah, they wanted like a outside connection to everyone to drive right. the plot. And I guess that's why she's in it. But she really does not need to be in this movie. Samuel L. Jackson's connection is his mother's still alive, which is crazy because look how old he looks. Yeah. Fun fact, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson is five years older than the actress who plays his mother. Really? <laughs> yeah, he is 70. She is 65. Really? He's 70 years old? 70 fucking years old, Damn. bro. He actually he looks good for his age. Black don't crack. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no, he I that is just like shocking. I thought he was like maybe like sixty or fifty five oh, or something. He like is that. seventy. He is five years older than his own mother. The mother in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, in real life too. Oh shit! Wow, that <laughs> yeah, is crazy. That really nuts. is crazy. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> One thing that is really cool about this, I don't know if you picked this up or not. M Night Shyamalan used two deleted scenes from Unbreakable in this movie. I didn't know they were deleted scenes. They're deleted scenes. That's cool. So. There's a scene when David Dunn goes into uh, his, his son's room. Yeah, and he's telling him, he's that, like, oh, people in gyms all around the world like lift more of the weight than that yeah, on a daily basis. Yeah, that scene and the scene when Mr. Glass is a kid and on the carnival ride. Yeah. Those were scenes that were supposed to be in Unbreakable, oh. and they got cut. Do you want to hear the note that I wrote down during that carnival scene when he's uh, getting whipped around? Yeah. I'm tired of these motherfucking breaks <laughs> on my motherfucking bones. <laughs> <laughs> that part i i was like kind of shocked by was, that part it was shocking it was yeah that was graphic yeah was it good or graphic <laughs> could it be both <laughs> could be both it was but, mostly graphic it was fine it yeah. was okay scene but no that i've never heard of a movie using deleted scenes from a previous installment in another one it's pretty cool and and especially because cool idea Especially because there's such a big time gap, 19 years between the two movies. Yeah, like I thought that was really cool, and it didn't, it didn't look out of place. Like it didn't look super different from the rest of the film. Like they did a good job, whether it was like remastering it or something. Like it was, you don't notice it very much at all for the carnival scene. The other scene when it's dark, it is a little you, grainy. It's, a, it's grainy, but I think you get away with it because it's yeah, it's dark. It's that's, a dark scene. That's what gave it away for me because when. Bruce Willis first showed up there. I was like, I was like, oh shit, they de-aged him. And then I was like, oh no, this is actually. That's... At first, I was like, that must must have been from the movie, and I forgot it. Yeah. And I watched the movie again, and it wasn't in there. So then I looked it up, and yeah, both of those are deleted scenes. That's really cool. Yeah. But it kind of works too because it's a flashback, so it's okay if it's like a little bit grainy, yeah, or yeah, foggy no. or something I, like that. I think that, it worked so fine. I thought that was really cool. Didn't look out of place. I really liked that. I thought that was a cool aspect of of the film. I read that some people were like, oh, it took me out of the movie. And I was no, like, oh, it didn't. Yeah. No, like, it didn't. I'll take you out of the movie and smack you around in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at me with that dumb shit. <laughs> no, I thought that was really cool. And then I guess one other thing that I thought was really cool in the psych ward in this whole segment of the movie, David Dunn's kind of got like water hoses hooked up in the room in case he tries yeah. to escape because water is his weakness or, flood him out or, or what whatever. he thinks is his weakness. But there's these lights. I don't really know how that works, but there's these lights that make the horde swap yeah. personalities. And there's a few really great scenes when he's just bouncing from one yeah, personality one persona to another. And it makes for some really sick scenes. Hell yeah. He fucking nails it, too. There's also a few personalities in this movie that weren't in Split. Yeah, I think they, they added quite a few. There there were a couple more. Because I think they even mentioned something that like he more personalities will 
keep getting added as time goes on. Like it, more people show up. If you go to uh, the IMDb page and like look at like the cast, it says all of his names. Like it doesn't just say like the Horde or Kevin Wendell Crumb. It says like Patricia. Like all that's of them. That's awesome. Back, yeah. It's, I wonder it's, if I get him a fatter check because he's playing multiple characters. I'm playing like 23 characters in this movie. I'm basically a one man <laughs> show. Bruce over here is barely playing one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is this movie part of the MCU? No. Okay. Because it is superheroes, and then we have Nick Fury. But it's just like evil Nick Fury. It's like he's building the evil Avengers. Okay. He he even refers to the Beast as an avenging angel. Other note, there is this building, this skyscraper that's been worked on. And throughout the movie, they, they keep mentioning like on the news that this new skyscraper. On the cover page of the magazine, it has that skyscraper. And it says, Modern Marvel. <laughs> is, do you think all of this is on purpose? Avenging angel. Modern Marvel, and then he's Nick Fury. <laughs> it's, I don't know, man. I, mean, I think the real twist is the real twist is that MCU Spider Man is about to swing in and the bonus features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did not stick around to see a post credit. We didn't. No, I'm gonna say no. That's fair. But I'm also gonna <laughs> I'm also gonna say that I don't know. Maybe, maybe Marvel comics or something influenced him as a kid, and maybe he threw that in as like a little like you know. Yeah. Easter egg I mean, obviously, thing. comics are a huge theme throughout the entire movie and Unbreakable. Like, I mean, they kind of them. fucking beat you over the head with comic books in this movie. Yeah, they do. There's a lot of talk about just comics, which is fine. I mean, I like comics. I do like comics, but at the same time, like. Heavy handed. It's very heavy handed. Yeah. There's two scenes where different characters have to go to a comic book shop and just talk comics with someone. Yeah, that's true. For research. Yeah. About their parents. Yeah. <laughs> and the, there's one thing that I really didn't like. There's a like Google search scene to find out stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't like that. I never liked that. Yeah. That's usually like such a cheap cop out. Yeah. Like that's all it took. No one else thought about finding his dad. <laughs> like he's not even using like some sort of like police type technology to like dig deep literally just googling yeah cool that movie the bye bye man that came out in 2017 they they have one of those scenes yeah but they didn't get the rights to google so he goes on search.com that's awesome that's <laughs> that hilarious <laughs> jeeves is making a comeback but yeah so most of this movie takes place in that that psych ward yeah mo- i would say 75 percent of it does yeah Maybe more than that. And, yeah, I mean, it's just like a lot of evaluation, a lot of them questioning themselves and each other's abilities. And then we come to find out Mr. Glass has been getting out of his room. Yeah. How's he been doing that? Who knows? Oh, wait, he has a false armrest on his wheelchair where he's been hiding his pills. He actually hasn't been comatose. Baby. Yeah. How did nobody check his wheelchair? I wasn't wondering that. I was wondering more so how... Did no one ever check the cameras before then? That too. Well, the cameras they show they do they do make a point of showing that they don't install those cameras until Sarah Paulson's character gets there. Oh, really? They didn't have okay. the cameras before. Okay. Or they ha- might have had some cameras, but they didn't have them beefed up like that. All right. So she added those in to watch them. Okay. But yeah, like that's really what gets everything going is once you realize that he's he's been like not taking his pills and he has been like masterminding this whole time. He doesn't share like his whole plan. You just realize like, oh, he's like cognizant. And then from there, shit starts going down. That's also kind of one of the main problems I have with the movie. Oh, well, let's let's start going. Because you hadn't pointed out in the theater 
Like, yeah, you didn't write like anything for that first hour. Then all of a sudden, you just started like going crazy. Jersey, yeah. I I only had five, six lines of notes for the first like hour and ten, hour twenty of this movie. The rest of the page is the last twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty to thirty minutes. So leaving this movie, I really, I was really disappointed with it. Me too. And since then, after watching Unbreakable, doing a little bit of research, I'm probably gonna go see this again. Also, but wow, I like it more now. Oh, that's why I said that I'm glad that we didn't review it right away because I probably would have been very down on it. I have been sitting with it for this whole week and flip-flopping back and forth about my feelings yeah. on it. So there's stuff that I've come up on. There's other stuff that I'm just still like, no, really don't like that. Yeah. So the first viewing of this movie, while you're watching it, you don't ever actually know what Samuel Jackson's character's plan is until literally the last shot of the movie. Which is dope. I did like, that's kind of cool, but there's some very problematic things with... But while you're watching <laughs> it, while you're watching it, though, for the first time... It seems very sloppy and yeah. put like thrown together. Like the movie almost devolves into like just like an action movie for the last like twenty minutes. Yeah, and and you don't know really why, but there's actually a purpose behind it. But you don't know why, so you're just sitting here like, man, this is going off the fucking rails, right? Like just shit starts all happening at once. Yeah, like crazy. And you're like, what? So like, I kind of left the theater kind of on a down note, but then after thinking about it, I was like, okay, like. That is actually cool. I kind of wish that maybe they hinted at it beforehand so you knew like what the goal was because while I was watching it the first time, I was kind of like, this is fucking stupid. They're going to a they're going to a skyscraper to go battle each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And then he's going to blow up the skyscraper. Very, very diehardy. Yeah. Like <laughs> on second viewing, I like that more. I still think it's yeah. a little sloppy that you don't really know what he's thinking until the movie's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, Glass is able to break out um, the Horde and himself with basically the motivation is if I was the Horde, I would imme- wouldn't you immediately, they seem like at least Patricia seems like pretty smart and like put together. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you see that glass is using you? Cause he leaves, he, this is basically a love story that Mr. Glass is in love with Dunn because he wants him to be a hero. Like he's basically like, I just I just found a villain for you, so you can you have to be a hero. Like he doesn't give a shit about the horde. He just is using the horde to bring out Dunn. Even the same thing with like him crashing the train was to find somebody like him. Like he's really in love with the superhero. He could give a fuck less about his partnered villain. He's yeah, just I mean, using he's, him to he spent his whole life trying to find someone like David Dunn. Yeah. I mean, you kind of find out the real motivation at the end. Right, but I'm I'm just saying like I don't know if I, if I should say that or not if we're gonna get to it eventually. Well, we'll get to it. Okay, I think I'm just building up to it. All right. Why does? But but no, in particular, Patricia and Dennis are both very smart personas. Right. So I do agree. Like they should have they should have picked it that. up. Yeah. Yeah, because even though like we are now aware of Glass's motivations, he never shared that with them. Yeah. So no. they should have like turned on him way sooner. Mm-hmm. They do turn on him. Or the beast turns on him. Why does he have to take his shirt off to become the beast? I thought the same thing. You know what's funny? I, that down. I knew I knew you wrote that down. There's the scene when they're like in the parking lot, and then he becomes the beast and he takes his shirt off. And in yeah. my in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, really? And then I saw I saw your hand move, and I was like, I know what he's writing right yeah. now. <laughs> he's 
He's like, just want everyone to see that I'm ripped. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that way you guys understand I'm a beast. A beast is when he removes his shirt. That's it. That's his whole persona. I thought that was weird. But then we come to find out that through a, a real good Google search that uh, <laughs> David is his name, right? David Dunn? Yep. His son finds um, the Horde's father, or really Kevin Wendell Crumb's father, and decides to tell the Beast the truth about his father's departure from his life. Because I, I guess he believed that his father just like left and never came back mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Turns out he was on the same train Bruce Willis was. Whoa! <laughs> I wasn't, when that happened, I was sitting there like, is that really the twist? Because it felt like more of a twirl than a twist. <laughs> a twist. Like that wasn't the that wasn't the twist of the movie. I know that wasn't, but I'm saying okay. when it happened, I was sitting there like they kind of play it off like like Ooh. like they wanted it. Yeah, wanted you to think it was, but I was just like, oh that that's so cheap. Like yeah. I was at, in that moment, I was like, ah oh, fuck you. But they sure showed me <laughs> finding out what the twist of this movie was. Kind of wish that was the twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Do you want to go? Fuck, man. Should we just spill the beans on this ending now, well, just so we can talk freely about the rest of this fucking I'll d- movie? I'll just, I guess, summarize what else happens leading up to that. Hit him with it. So, Mister Glass gets out. Yep. He basically recruits the, the beast, the horde. Yerp. Says we're we're we're, we're breaking out of here. Yerp. We're gonna go to this building. Yerp. And uh, basically, I don't think he ever tells. The horde, but he tells Bruce Willis because he wants Bruce Willis to break out. To he's basically, follow him. yeah, he's basically just like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bomb this building, and a lot of people are gonna die if you don't break out of that. Yep. So, and at this point, David Dunn doesn't believe anymore that he's a superhero, and he has to kind of re-believe that he is. Breaks out. Basically, they only get to the parking lot of the the building that they're in. Yep. And then the, and they fight. Also, uh, Samuel Jackson and James McAvoy they take the tunnel. Out. They go through the basement. That they is go, important. They go through the basement, and you find out later through a very heavy scene of exposition that that was planned because there's more cameras. They wanted this to be seen. Yeah, they they only make it the to cameras. the parking lot, and then basically they just start beating the shit out of each other. Yep. Just wailing on each other, throwing each other through like vans and fucking water tubs and just into walls and just pounding the fuck out of each other. Yeah. And um, the way men do. <laughs> during these fight scenes, I said this to you in the theater, man, he really shouldn't have used so many POV shots. Yeah. There's like almost every single like fight scene in this movie, there is like a move or scene or a shot that basically just looks like they strapped a GoPro to someone's chest and they're like, have at it. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see that. Like there's a part where he's like grabbing him and they just show Bruce Willis's face and he's like, yeah, <laughs> for like two minutes. <laughs> I think, I think what they were trying to show there is that it wasn't doing anything to him. Because normally the beast could like squeeze the life out of somebody, but it wasn't doing anything to him because he is unbreakable. Yeah, but I don't think you needed to do a POV shot for that. Like I think sometimes not for as long as they did. No, definitely not. It would have. <laughs> I, been... I see why they did it. I'm not saying it was <laughs> the right call. We talked about Creed two, you know, a month ago or whatever, and they yeah. use it in that. But it's like two scenes, and it's like when like fucking Drago's beating the shit out Wailing of him, and it's somebody. got it's got like a little bit of a purpose. There's it, more impact. Yeah, I don't think there w- there was really any purpose for it. Like you could have done it without it, and it probably would have been better. And plus, at this point, it's already been well established that like, yeah, we know he's unbreakable. It's like, <laughs> there's yeah, a movie named after him. There's a whole movie about <laughs> it. Like, we get it. We just watched him punch down a, a steel, steel door. door. <laughs> like, yeah, we 
he bent a steel bar. Like, you don't need more things just to show us that, like, yeah, he does have these powers. Like, it's already well established. Yeah. So, yeah. so also with the innocent, the innocent bystanders, they just let them stand there while they're fighting. Like, police get there and they're like not clearing out anybody at all. They're mm-hmm. just letting like, and one of one of those people, mind you, is a teenage girl. Yep, she's like a high school girl or something. Mm-hmm. And. Oh, also, stupid, pointless connection is um, Bruce Willis's son went to the same school. They show when she's going into the principal's office early on in the movie. Um, there's a picture of him as a kid in like one of the glass yeah. cases. Like, I guess what was the point of that? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? Like, we already know that they're in the same world. You don't need to put them in the same high school. It literally added nothing to it. It was just stupid. But they like close up on it to show you, like, oh, they went to the same high school. <laughs> one thing about being in the same world that I actually did like. You know how M. Night Shyamalan appears in all of his movies? Oh, yeah. He called back his his character in Unbreakable, right? He basically, this movie tied in all three of his characters, so it is the same person, which I right. thought was cool. So, yeah, like, that's okay. He's, he's, that's in, cool. he's in the football stadium um, in the first one. Yep. And then in Split, he's like a, like a security guard type guy. Yep. And in this one, he's buying cameras, and he says... Yeah, like I'm a security guard. Or whatever. He, he's like, he recognized back, back in my Bruce day. Willis. Yeah, I w- used to go to the football stadium. I was like part of like a rough gang back then or whatever. Yeah, rough but crowd I thought, or whatever. I thought that was actually cool because it's almost like the Stan Lee type thing with like the MCU movies where yeah. it's like, oh, that actually is like a nice thread that they put between the same guy. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah. I had no problem with that. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was actually kind of kind of cool. Yeah, man. With keeping her there made the least sense. Like Glass, so he was like in on it. But even still, he's like in a wheelchair, like rolling the fuck out of there, get his mom out of there. But then there's a teenage girl. Not only is she there, she's like used to stop this fight between a monster and and an unbreakable man. They're like, hey, little girl, hey, can you stay close to the danger that's here? And you know what? We actually need you to save the day. Yeah. What the fuck kind of police work is that? <laughs> you want to hear my theory about her? Hit me with it. I think that she is actually a superhero. Really? That's what I think. What's her superpower? I don't know exactly what her superpower Being is. Being a blank-faced bozo? <laughs> I think it's... She's got a, I think she has something, maybe a... Uh, either like a way to control people or like a way... Healing touch. Like a healing touch type thing. Yeah. Every time they show her, they like focus in on her hands when she's like holding him. Yeah. I think, you know, it may not have been intentional at all, but like for whatever reason, she's the only person that seems to have the power to like calm the beast, basically. Yeah, that's Even, true. And uh, it just seems like they pay a lot of attention to her hands touching him. Maybe anything's possible with this fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't go into it, but that's my own little theory it's, there. It's going to. They're, they're going to make a new movie where she's the main star. You find out she is a hero, and it's somehow connected to the happening. Oh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Anything's possible now. He's, yeah. I, I saw, I saw like, an interview with M. Night Shyamalan, and he was basically saying how, like, oh, the I had always planned in Unbreakable to have um, Crumb in it, and it just, like... Didn't make its way in the plot. Didn't make its way in, blah, blah, blah. And I heard that, I'm like, Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> 19 years, you were like, oh, we should just make it into two movies. But you waited, what, 18, 17 years before you did Split? Like, if you did Unbreakable and it was a hot success, yeah, maybe release one movie, two movies afterwards. But you decided, let me do The Happening first. 
before I move. <laughs> Let me do Airbender before I finish my vision. Yeah. If you've had it planned for this long, why didn't you put it out when your fucking stock was up? Yeah, may- maybe he had the idea for the character, but it didn't make it in. But I don't think he had the idea for the movie until later. Honestly, the interview kind of sounds like he's just sniffing his own farts. Like, <laughs> fucking hated it. I was like, no, you didn't, you liar. He, you uh, liar. I, I said it when we were walking out. I was like, man, like, I really hope this wasn't something that he had planned for 19 years. There's no way. Because maybe he had a rough idea. Like, I have notes saved in my phone from jokes that I wrote, like, 10 years ago. And I read them. I'm like, oh, I should be ashamed of that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of really good things in this movie, but the last 20 minutes are so sloppy, in my opinion. Real sloppy. Yeah. filled up the rest of my fucking notebook. Yeah. We can just get into, like, major spoilers now with, like, the rest of this movie. One, the note that I wrote, like, so, basically, they fight. The beast is defeated. And he's brought back to reality by um, Hand Girl. We'll just, we'll just call her from now on. Her her name in the movie is Casey Cook. Dope. Cook, crumb, done. <laughs> Cut, wrap it up. That's glass. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wrap up that glass so it doesn't shatter. Exactly. But they they battle. It's all over. Now the real twists start unwinding. Yeah, unfortunately. This, this cop rolls up and he's like going over to Dunn's body. You like my clover tattoo? <laughs> what the fuck? I wrote down, who tattoo man? Just, who tattoo man? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And then he begins to drown Dunn in a puddle. Yes. And then all like the bystanders, like they don't see this part of it. And then... Um, well, Sarah Paulson's character, yep, the she, doctor, walks up to up. him. She's like, hold my hand. She's like, I believe you. I believe you are who you think that you are. That's why I'm here. Yeah. She, then you see on her wrist, she also has a little clover tattoo. What? <laughs> Connections. <laughs> what the fuck, man? So like, ba- dude. So basically the twist yeah, in this you movie. Take from here a little bit because I just need to take a breath. All right. So basically the twist in the movie is that the doctor, Sarah Paulson's character, brought the these people in knowing they actually are superheroes right. but tries to convince them that they aren't superheroes because they are part of this organization like the 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 clover whatever they are yeah whatever Did they give a name i don't think so i don't know i saw some people uh wrote the court of clovers i hope that's not it that's awful but uh <laughs> basically they are an organization that stops superheroes from getting to the outside world because they don't want you know they don't, want, they don't want there to be like a power shift. They, yeah, they don't want there to be a like, power shift in the world. So yeah. their job is... Like an Illuminati type yes. secret organization. So that's the twist in this movie. That There's so many plot holes with that. Dude, the whole secret organization thing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, so, that's how you explain this all like this? Ugh. I, that upset me so greatly. Wouldn't, there, wouldn't one of them have picked up David Dunn during Unbreakable, as soon as they found out, what the fuck, this guy survived a train yeah, crash? Yeah, wouldn't they have been in that town way earlier looking for him? Like, you've been looking for him for 19 years? Like, he's yeah. been active. Yeah, no. He's been actively doing it. I mean, when he survives, I'm pretty sure his name is known to the public. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a whole scene of him walking, like, out of the hospital. and like, She like, knew his name when they arrested him, and that's what, like, freezes him because... Yeah. She knows that he's the overseer, and mm. she connects it back to, she's like, I know 
that you sur- you were the sole survivor of that train. Like it only makes sense. Like again, her his son was able to find out about you know Crumb's dad through Google. Through Google, anybody could have Googled that train crash, sole survivor, and put it together. Yep. What the fuck? Yeah. What? This that this is my biggest issue with the movie, or one of them, I guess. There's this and there's one other one, but that twist did not need to be in there. It doesn't do anything for the plot except nope. make the rest of the movie way more sloppy and convoluted, I guess. Yeah. Like you put that in there and all of a sudden you have a bunch of plot holes now. Yep. It why like why did you need that in there? Yeah. Bigger question. If you're a secret organization, why would you get a tattoo on your wrist? <laughs> I have quite a bunch of tattoos. If I'm wearing like a long sleeve shirt or a jacket, you know what tattoo of mine shows most frequently? The one on my wrist. Cause when you <laughs> reach for something or you like sign for your credit card or you hand somebody uh, your your credit card. I only have credit card references for when I use my wrist. When you're jerking it in public, like holding your credit card, holding your credit card, <laughs> your wrist slides out so often, and it's like right at the cusp, like right before their palm. Essentially, it's yeah. like you could have hit it somewhere. Like I don't know, like put it up like on your bicep or like up by your armpit or something. Like if you're a secret organization, why do you all have matching tattoos, you weirdos? Like <laughs> just asking for it. And these are like hoity-toity like businessmen and like people of like higher class quote unquote i don't think someone's gonna be like why do you have a tattoo also if the goal is to never let superheroes out into the public why wouldn't you just kill them why why do you need to yeah from the get-go why like why do you have to go through this whole conversion therapy thing maybe they were trying to do it in a humane way where they were just like oh if we could just convince you that it's not real and it stops then we don't got to worry about it yeah maybe I guess that's the point. They don't but, really mention that. But, th- but then they you... seem pretty okay with killing. Yeah, no, they're ruthless at the end. Yeah, no qualms. They're like, <laughs> shove that fucker's face in a puddle. Puddle, yeah. Drown his ass. And that's my. This is actually my biggest issue with the movie. Bruce Willis's character does nothing in this movie, and then just goes out like a bitch, <laughs> a little bitch. Yeah, he just beats a beats a beast, and then some like regular ass cop. Puts his head in water, and that's the end. Yeah, that's that's the end of that fucker. He's but done. like, you had 19 years to make this movie. How much does he actually do in the movie that's uh, important? He shows up in the beginning of the movie. There's a little bit of investigating. He catches. But then once catches he catches the horde, he catches the that's horde. That's the last important thing he does. Yeah, he's done doing important things in this movie. He's done. Who he's David Dunn doing, <laughs> doing things? <stuff. laughs> yeah. uh, like 20 minutes into this movie. Yeah, and the rest of the movie, he's basically in just his sitting jail there cell. contemplating his reality. Yeah, and then they, and then they they give you a, a a deleted scene from Unbreakable, and then he comes yep. out and he needs to fight, and then he dies. Like that's what you decided to do with Bruce Willis after nineteen years. Yeah, been holding him on the shelf for that. Yeah, yeah, it's the payoff of this movie is not great. No, it's not, and it sucks because I really did enjoy the first hour of the movie. The first, like I said, the first 20 minutes, I thought this was so good. And then even the parts in the insane asylum or whatever, psych ward, I was really enjoying. The last 20 minutes just really brought it down for me. Yeah. It made me question everything. I was actually asking people at work because people were like, oh, you saw Glass. How did you like it? And I didn't want to like ruin it for people because I realized some people are going to really like this movie. Some people are going to hate it. It's It's already very like, um, divisive. Yeah, it is. So I was like, can you call a movie good 
if you enjoy the first two thirds of the movie, but the last third of the movie is bad, but that's the most important part of the movie is how you end it. It's like yeah. the whole point is your act one setup, your act two thrown into turmoil, and your act three conclusion, your climax. If your climax sucks, doesn't that mean that the buildup for it also sucks because it built up to nothing? Yeah. Because <laughs> so then does it does it retroactively make the parts that you liked actually stupid because it what those parts were built up to bullshit? See, here's my how I feel about it. The last twenty minutes, there's a lot that I don't like. Don't like the twist. Yep. Don't like the. There's two twists and one twirl. <laughs> Too many twirls and too many twists. <laughs> yeah. One too many twirls, one too many twists. And my Shaman was like, I got a great idea for this movie. We're gonna put give him a twirl, then we're gonna give him a twist, maybe two twists. You could have just you could have just <laughs> left it as the twist being that Samuel L. Jackson got word out and that the psychiatrist didn't want to get the word out because it's a delusion and she's trying to fight against that, and now they're creating more people who believe they're superheroes. Mm-hmm. That that would have been a fine twist, is that I would have been fine with the twist just being that they never wanted to get to the. I was just gonna say that just that Kevin's uh, dad was on the train, even though it's lame. No, that that pissed me off. (laughs) That pissed me off. So if that was the only twist, I would have been like, I think I would have been in a much worse. No, you know what? Yeah, the way it ended is actually worse than that. I yeah no. I still would have been very disappointed. I would have been disappointed, but not on the level that I think the the quarter clovers thing is lame. Yeah, it, was <laughs> and super it does lame. way more harm to the movie than it does good. Well, did we even mention? I guess the final twist because that's no. the thing is, and that I, have, twist. I, I have one point on that right, too. You want to get to that? It. Okay. No, well, what do you got? All right. Well, the way this movie basically ends is that Samuel Jackson's character's plan, Mister Glass, his plan was never to get them to the skyscraper. Right. His plan was to get them on as many cameras doing superhero shit as possible. And then, and then feed the, the feed the stream out to the internet so people can see basically like this is what your mind can do. Like you might also be a superhero because yeah. he was looking for superheroes his whole life since he basically had this you know disease where his you know his bones, bones break, break easy. So he is basically trying to awaken the superheroes in the world, right? And maybe be able to. He he mentions um, it was when his mom is talking to him and she mentions that like oh this was the showdown issue and he goes no this was an origin story i wrote down origin for who and then (laughs) at the end i went oh the world yeah (laughs) now that right there i think is very cool i think it's a cool idea i think that's a great way to end your movie and that would have been that would have been fine without even without the connection you could have used i guess that twirl of the connection of the dad just to in just to turn the beast on glass, but you didn't need the fucking secret organization shit at all. No, you didn't. And it would have been honestly, I think it would have made me be, be totally fine with the um, connection with his dad on, being on the train, and I probably would have overlooked some of the other things that I wasn't super stoked on, and said like this was a fucking rocker of a movie. Yeah, but the end butt fucks you, man. <laughs> And here's the thing, like, the ending in theory, I really like. I like that idea a lot. I just don't like how you get there. Yeah. And well, he th- got there through the basement. Whew. <laughs> but the ideas and decisions he makes along the way in the last 20 minutes, I think almost, like, kill it for me. Yeah. Because, one, you're just 
throw away these characters. They all they all die. Everybody. All three of them die. Yep. But like Bruce Willis' character doesn't do anything heroic. Gets drowned. He's the he's the hero of this thing. He just dies. Beast just gets shot. Yep. And Samuel Jackson gets basically punched in the gut by the by, by the beast. By the beast and, and he dies. Yep. So they just let him bleed out on the floor. There's really no payoff to it at all. Well, and I wish that maybe they had told you his goal for the movie because the way that I took the movie at the end is your your the last scene of the movie is them basically sitting them being David Dunn's son, Anya Taylor-Joy's character and Mr. Glass's mom. They're sitting in a train station. Well, first, first Sarah Paulson's character, she's in a comic shop. She goes to a comic shop, which also Wherever that comic shop is from the movie, I need to find it. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah, there's look so nice. much like <laughs> X Men stuff hanging from the walls, and there are just so many comics and toys. And I know there's a lot of comic shops that have a bunch of comics and toys, but this one just looked really fucking cool. <laughs> but she's there, and she's going through comic boxes, and she overhears a couple of nerds in the corner talking about some some issue of some comic, and they're saying like, "Oh." It's like the mastermind, like they never suspect him and they they don't realize that like his plan actually plays out through their plan or whatever. He basically mentions how like in comics, like the mastermind, like no one ever figures out his plan has actually been going on in the background of everyone else's plan the whole time. And then she starts to think about everything. That's how you find out his plan is because she presumes everything. And in her presumption is like a flashback of Samuel L. Jackson actually putting forth his plan. Because mm-hmm. then that's when you see she's like, wait, why did they go through the basement? It would take longer. Oh, because she installed a bunch of cameras. She did every everything for him. Yeah, they, they give you a scene of exposition where she's like, oh, they, they purposely took the basement because that's where most of the cameras were. Yeah. Yeah. So they can be seen by as many cameras as possible. Yeah. And she's like, I'm the one who put the cameras in there. He knew. He knew. And then you see him. He turns off the cameras when he leaves his room. But that the night before, he goes because they were supposed to, like, lobotomize him. So he takes out this, like, crucial piece from the laser or whatever is going to, like, mess up his, like, frontal lobe. And he removes it. But then he turns the cameras back on and then, like, spins around in the hallway so he would get caught. Like, everything was on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. But then wouldn't – would that – did he know about the secret organization, though? Or was he just no, doing I don't it think to he try did. and expose what they were doing? I, his goal, I think, was just to get it – like, cause, just to get it out. He didn't yeah. know about the secret organization. Really, the whole, like, underlying, like, theme of, the, like, this, all three of these movies is really, like, the power of the human mind. Yeah. Like – you can be a superhero if, like, you believe you are. Basically, like, I that's, believe I am. That's, yeah, I mean, I I know I am. Yeah, so this is our coming out party. Yeah, superheroes, everybody. <laughs> but that's really like the whole thing. So, I mean, for him, he was never able to, you know, get someone to help him. I think he's trying right. to get out to the world. You know, you could be a superhero. It's it's all you know in your mind. Like, look, like, I mean, the beast fucking flips the car at that one part part yeah. that's filmed in the parking lot. That's his goal. My issue with it is, why couldn't this movie have ended like on a sour note? Because they treat yeah. him leaking the video as like a heroic moment, but his character's a terrorist and he yeah. kills lots of people. Yeah, he's crashed so, planes and trains and automobiles. Yeah, so his his basically the villain of the movie succeeds, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like, he did it. <laughs> yeah, he did it for all of us. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. What can I say, man? The ending was kind of fucking dumb. Yeah. The, 
like I said, I like I like the the concept of the ending. Uh, in theory, I just wish the decisions to get to that point were different because it's very sloppy and there's about a twenty minute sequence where it goes off the rails and not a lot of it makes much sense. And then there's no payoff for your favorite characters. How about this? I know you're our research guy. Do you have the tomato scores on this? I do have it. I remember before we saw it, like the early reviews, I guess you could say the audience was kind of split. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this before. I looked up the budget for this movie. Okay. And I did a little research into the budget. Yep. But it's really low. Yeah, I can imagine. There's not like, like not like huge action scenes. There's no blow blow em ups. Like really low. Ooh. Can I guess? Sure. 18 million. Oh man, you were really close. 20. Oh, I was gonna say 20. <laughs> Holmes and Watson cost double this movie. Well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really, really low. Yeah, that's really and you've low. got big and you've got big actors in this movie. Yeah. So I looked the, in all of that money must have been just for the actors. I, I looked into it. M. Night Shyamalan has actually uh, self-funded this and Split. Wow. And I think maybe shit. maybe because he was getting... Holy split. <laughs> maybe because, like we were talking earlier, he was taking so much shit from studios and like fans and stuff after probably After Earth. Yeah. That he just wanted to be in total control. He's like, fuck it. I, well, he, he mortgaged his house to make the visit. Whoa. Yeah. Scary. That's the scariest movie he's made. <laughs> But it, isn't that crazy, though? Yeah, dude. I mean, talk about dedication and love for your, your own, you know, art and yeah. craft. I give him respect for that. No, I that, can't knock that him is... for that. That's, that's ballsy, especially in, like, today's day and age. Yeah. That's probably why I bet you I bet you Samuel L. Jackson, and I bet you all of the actors took, like, considerably less than they normally would for movies nowadays, just considering their clout, just probably out of respect for what he was doing. Yeah, I mean had to have right there's no way he was paying him like marvel money for samuel L. jackson you know yeah i would say like say what you want about some of his movies and even this movie but like that's pretty fucking awesome yeah that's that's a baller ass move yeah so R- fucking risked it all yeah so so far as of today the movie cost 20 million dollars and it's made 108 million five times the amount of money Whoa. that he put into it. so it's amazing yeah he's doing good that's awesome so it sounds like um, Hand Girl is definitely gonna get a. <laughs> She's getting her movie sequel. soon. Yeah, maybe she shouldn't be called Hand Girl. It sounds a little bit like hand job, hand jobby. <laughs> Only a little bit. Yeah. Critic score, thirty six. Oof. Audience score, seventy seven. Whoa, that's like, that's a big split. That is a big split. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! You want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Tomato, tomato. Ooh. This is hard. We need like that this theme is... from uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire playing right now. I'm going to phone a friend. Okay. Who are you calling? The only other person I know who saw this movie. I'm going to call you. Okay. So you go first. All right. Because <laughs> I think I I will say to our listener, my opinion will not be swayed by your answer. Okay. So uh, don't give me your reasoning. I just want your tomato tomato. If I had made this decision right when we saw the movie. Uh-huh. It would have been tomato. It's now tomato. I had a feeling that's where you're going. I'm a tomato. You really you didn't like it that you disliked it that much? It goes back to my argument from before. If the ending is bad, does it retroactively make the rest of the movie bad? Because the whole purpose of act one and two is the build up to act three. 
if Act Three is shit, doesn't that make your buildup of Act One and Two bullshit as well? Because it led up to nothingness. I just think the payoff is so weak that it it, it I left the movie theater feeling bad. And that's my least favorite thing about a movie. Well, I guess my least favorite thing is feeling nothing about a movie. <laughs> or seeing Holmes and Watson. <laughs> or seeing Holmes and Watson. But this, I just, it was so unsatisfying. I I was edged for like a whole hour and 20, and then I never got to come. Like, it's <laughs> such bullshit. What's your letter grade? You have to give a letter grade. It's an F? Well, that's the thing. I don't know if I'd fail it, but I definitely wouldn't give it a 77. This is like a C minus D for me. C minus D plus, maybe. That's closer to a 77. You think so? Then maybe I'm thinking D plus D. Yeah. I would, That's I like would, middle. I would put this movie... Uh, I wouldn't go higher than a 70, honestly. Okay. I'd put it at like 68 tops. Okay. Or probably 65, 64, 63, you're like, 62, you're, 61. Like a, you're like a D. I'll give you the D. <laughs> I'm giving this movie the D. For me, like I said, I don't like a lot of the stuff... At the end, and I would kind of agree with you. That being said, the end goal of this movie, theoretically, I do like. Yeah. I just don't like the way that it's brought about to that point. But isn't that the job of the movie? Doesn't that make it bad? Because. Well, it's not the whole movie. It's just. We're not judging. But we're not judging it based on the idea of the movie. We're judging it based on the movie itself. So if it posits like this idea that's cool, but it delivers like garbage, doesn't that make it bad? This is the problem I've been having with it because there are things I like about this movie, but there's also a lot of things that ruin the thing that I like about the movie. Yeah, within the own, its own movie. If for me, if in theory, if I didn't like the ending, yeah, because the ending, the ending happens regardless of whether or not they play it off as hopeful or or shitty like the same thing happens and i i yeah. do like i do like what has happened at the end of the movie just in terms of that like i like that this is going to bring that resolution su- yeah i like the resolution to the movie if i didn't like that this would be a tomato for me but because i like that it's not that i'm forgiving other parts it's just that i'm like okay the movie ends with something that i'm okay with yeah there's a lot of stuff that i don't like in that last third act of the movie, but I like the first two acts a lot. And then the last part of the movie that basically is the conclusion of it. I can, I can get behind. Okay, man. Still not swaying me on it though. I'm still sticking strong into my tomato, man. That's fine. I, you know what? But it's, it's cool that we can disagree with each other because, uh, I guess you could say our friendship is pretty unbreakable. (laughs) You've, be, you've had I'll like, be here all night. You've had like six already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got more. No, I don't have any more. That's all. That's all. That's all of my uh, M. Night Shyamalan puns. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like in the movie that I liked or disliked. I think we really got to everything. But yeah, I did, if, if I, I did I write to... down asking what the fuck was on Samuel L. Jackson's teeth. Oh, yeah, I don't know. What was that? He just had like black spots all over his teeth. Yeah, it wasn't didn't look sh- like cavities. It was just random black spots on his teeth. And was that there the whole movie? Because I didn't notice. I, it. So. I didn't notice it until the end. Yeah, I didn't notice it until the end too. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, is it blood? But it doesn't look like blood at all. Like, it's not like he has blood in his mouth. Yeah, he no, just it didn't has. Look like that. He just has black stuff on his teeth. Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing with like if your teeth break, they turn black immediately. I don't know. And it's not like a grayed out black like a cavity. It's just like. Pitch black, like he bit a pen and it exploded in his mouth. <laughs> that is what it looks like. <laughs> like the beast punched him while he was chewing on a pen, and he's like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> I bit my motherfucking pen." 
Yeah, no. It, my letter grade for this. So I guess yours was a D. Mine's a D. Mine would be a C. Wow. C. Damn, man. That's still like I'm... this is probably the biggest like difference between our opinions on a movie that we've done. This is kind of cool. Yeah, I like I said, I'm still disappointed with it. I was really looking forward to it. A, yeah, a C did not live up to what I was hoping yeah, for. Yeah, a C for a movie that I was very excited for is very disappointing. Yeah, like when this comes out on Blu-ray, I will not be buying it. Yeah, no, I might rent it. You know what? I guarantee it's gonna pop up on HBO like shortly after because I remember that's how I saw Split. And when Split came out, they put Unbreakable on too, which I thought that's was cool. cool. Yeah, so. Maybe when this comes out, they'll put them all three of them back on. And, I think and this... I, w- I would be interested to watch Unbreakable, then Split, and then Glass all in like straight order just to kind of piece some things together. I, I guess. think this movie I is going to be better with watch previous watching. Ver- like, yeah, rewatching it. Yeah. But yeah. Like, at least we won't be disappointed by the end. We'll know it's coming so we could really soak in everything that happens leading up to it. Like I said, with first viewing for me, very low on it. And I've come up a little bit since then. God damn, man. Yeah. Well, hey, that's going to happen. And yeah, I was I was happy we didn't review this right away. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I did kind of stick pretty true to my original experience, though. Like, I haven't swayed too much because most of my debate has been that debate. Your, your ending sucks. Does that make it a bad movie? Yeah. My biggest issues when I was leaving was, like, the decision to expose to the audience Samuel L. Jackson's plan happened so quickly basically yep. the last scene or last two scenes of the movie that you don't really have enough time to actually process it when you're watching the movie. Yeah. And then there's other just things in the movie that I thought were cool. I thought the deleted scenes were really cool. Yeah. A few other, a few other smaller things that I was like, Oh, okay. That I can actually like think about later on and actually appreciate. But first viewing, I think there's a lot of stuff that just leaves a sour note for sure. Especially when you have certain expectations for the movie. And like your main character, your the hero dies in a and month. I tried. <laughs> I tried to not go in with high expectations. Like I wasn't going in like with ideas of this is what I want it to be or this is what I wanted to see. I was just excited to see how these all piece together. Yeah, I mean, we knew the Rotten Tomato scores going into it, right? But even even still, like that showed like a very divided audience, which made it even more intriguing because it's like it doesn't sound like there's a lot of people who are like meh on it. Yeah. Well, you sound kind of mad on it. Like, I think you, you're pretty fairly seeing the good and the bad equally. Because I feel like everyone else is either like, I loved this movie or I hated this movie. This movie has a little bit of... Uh, I wouldn't say I hated it. I do also see the good things. Yeah. But I also did not like it. This movie has had a little bit of a episode eight, The Last Jedi effect on me, where I left the yeah. theater being like, ugh. And then I, afterwards, I kind of warmed up to a few things, but generally, I still don't like it. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. I actually think I like this more than the last Jedi, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you feel now that uh we got it out of our system? It was built up for a week. Like I feel good letting it, that loose. I've been holding on to all of that for a whole week. I'm yeah, dying. I'm, I'm pretty happy. But there was a bunch of times where I was like, oh, I really want to say something. I really want to text, text him. You texted me and you were like, I kind of want to say something. I don't know if it's gonna like the thing I wanted to tell you it. was the deleted scene thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess that wouldn't have ruined it. That's why but I was... you would have opened up a dangerous floodgate that would have allowed me to also talk about stuff that i noticed yeah we actually did start letting stuff slip as soon as we left the theater like i was like was that the kid from unbreakable and like i did kind of give you a sneak peek on some of my notes because i just i couldn't not say anything the two things i said after leaving the theater 
we're both negative. You know what we need to do? What might help us? We each need to bring a, another friend of ours <laughs> who rode with us. That way we have somebody to talk to about the movie when we leave so we don't blow our wads on each other. <laughs> when, when I talk, when we saw Bumblebee, I was talking to Brandon in the car Yeah, about I was it. talking to nobody. And then, <laughs> I think I went straight to work after that. Like I had to go like back to work. And I then did, we'll, like a split shift. When we saw Holmes and Watson, I was with Ryan. So I talked to him about uh, it. Although there was nothing to talk about in that movie. Yeah, no feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, the two things I said to you when we left the theater, one was I was like, did you enjoy point of view camera the movie? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many shots in point of view. And then the other thing was just I was like, I really hope that wasn't 19 years planned. And to which I probably said, there's no way. Yeah, no, that, like, that's I, what I you said. I don't feel like that was planned. Yeah, you were like, you're like, this came about when he was making split and he was like, oh, this would be cool. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man. Fuck it. We're we're here now. Started from the bottom. Not again. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. Don't you finish that. Don't you finish that thought. Yeah, so do you have any more any more thoughts? I got nothing else. Nothing else for glass, man. I just wanted to um just thank all of our listeners, you know. At this time of recording it, like we're quite a few episodes deep, like a month deep on releases, and we're just like super stoked to see that there's people listening and we want to get more people listening. So rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that shit. Spotify. Yep. Um, leave us a review. It would be awesome. Yeah, reviews are good. Helps us boost that up. Right now, you can find us uh, as Two Dudes Mo when you search. Maybe once you type in Two Dudes, we could beat those Scooby Doober fucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, like we, we want to talk to you guys. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we are going to be posting some kind of like exclusive content on those platforms where like, you know, not a lot of like cross posting on all of them. So maybe you go to our Instagram to see one thing, but you're going to get something different when you check out our Facebook or our Twitter. So yeah, everywhere it's two dudes movie reviews on Twitter. It's two dudes movie. Oh, okay. We couldn't yeah. get the movie reviews. They don't allow a handle that long. Oh, well, we got to call Twitter. <laughs> call yeah. them up. What the hell? Actually, that and Stardust. It's, oh, right, right, yeah, right. You can set us up on Stardust. Yeah, I, I did it right. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this one. So that's going to be mostly you thing, I think. Well, I think when we see movies together, we should do it. Are they videos? Yeah, it's like it's literally it's a movie review app, and oh. you can only record like a thirty second review. Fancy, so that's so, cool. It is cool, and then you can follow people so that people can follow our accounts, and like maybe when we get out of a movie, quick, yeah, quick feeling or you know something like that, or a joke or something like that, we could put in there. But uh, I signed us up already. We've got we got the account. Great, two dudes movie, two dudes movies. But I think on that it's actually. To T W O, you couldn't start it with a number two. Oh my god, what stupid. is up with all of these I know. people like setting all these weird limitations? Yeah, so it's two dudes movies for Stardust. If you want to follow us on there, we're gonna get into that a little bit. Maybe, yeah, if, maybe we I see... think that's a good idea. Right after the movies, we just give a quick gut reaction. Yeah, maybe not spoil, not spoil our true feelings. Just kind of like first steps out. I think that might be a good one for the two of us to do independent of each other, also. That could be cool. Because if we see movies at different times, and you can, we can each do it. Maybe we grab somebody who was in the audience with us and just ask real quick, like, what did you think of the movie? Yeah. That could be cool. Be just, interviewing, just interviewing strangers in the theater with us. One of my one of my favorite movie critics actually does that. He talks a lot with just people, random people in the movie theaters. Fuck that movies. guy. <laughs> or girl. He doesn't have them on the channel, though. He just, every once in a while, he'll be like, yeah, I talked. To, I was talking to some people after the movie about what they thought. So Great. Well, I'm gonna have, we're going to have them on. That'd be awesome. We'll bring him into the futon. 
Yeah, sit him down on the futon. Yeah, be like, hey, do you want to come over to uh, my buddy Colin's house? He's got a futon. Depending on how it goes, maybe we'll make it a bed. Oh, <laughs> if I spread this bed, will you spread your legs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you should use that line. Nah, I'll pass. <laughs> Fine. But on that note, we would just like to say, suck it, losers. <laughs> <laughs>